Thanks for downloading the Sciatica podcast. I'm Tom Jessen. This episode, I've been talking to Ash, who is a project manager from Chennai, India. We first got in touch uh, by my newsletter. I think he replied and we started emailing. And I realized that he had a pretty interesting Sciatica story that other clinicians might want to hear and uh, that certainly other people who have sciatica might want to hear, uh, particularly from the angle that he is a, a amateur powerlifter. That's his kind of great passion. Um, but just in general, he's just really insightful uh, about his journey. Um, very thoughtful guy who has a lot of uh, useful stuff to say. But uh, I will let him kind of introduce himself and tell you all of that himself. A couple of quick uh, sort of notes before we get started. One is that Ash did email me to sort of add one point after we'd spoken. He realized he hadn't told me about a point in his story when he gets an MRI scan uh, that showed, you know, it was 2017, that showed disc bulges in his lumbar spine and his uh, lower cervical spine. And he said that that further noceboed me, uh, to use his word. Um, he said that was like something that really bothered him uh, as well, and he wanted to add that in. The other thing uh, is that the sound quality of this is okay, but it's worse at the beginning. Um, I think there's some stuff going on in the background, and maybe the connection isn't quite so good. Um, so the sound quality, as I say, not great at the start of our conversation, but it does get better, uh, I promise, um, and becomes much more clear after maybe 10 minutes or so, I think. Um, so... Uh, without any further ado, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Ash. Now that would be cool. All right, welcome to the Sciatica podcast. I'm Tom Jessen, as usual, and today I'm joined by Ash. Ash is a project manager from Chennai in India. But most importantly for us today, Ash is also someone who has had sciatica, past tense, right? And he's also an enthusiastic powerlifter, squats, deadlifts. So today we're going to talk about uh, Ash's experience with sciatica and in particular his experiences with lifting with sciatica and, and how that's gone with him. That's always a really interesting topic. So Ash, Welcome to the Sciatica podcast. Hi, Tom. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast. Yeah, uh, it's been a pleasure to do a part, do, do this podcast with you. Uh, and I was quite surprised you you asked me for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, actually, it was uh, when I remember we had almost some 32, 35 emails to and fro. Yeah. <laughs> then I, I, I said. I mean, uh, I was asking you some certain doubts regarding whether before three to four months, I was really skeptical because I really want to lift heavy weights back. So I was, it's like a validation, seeking validation from someone who knows the stuff. Then yeah, I asked you the question and you, I mean, I don't remember the doc- doctor's name, but uh you 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 asked to him and you got me back that's that's how i that's how our conversation i mean bigger conversation started then mm. i shared my story then you got me back yeah yeah you you asked me i can't remember the exact question but you said is it safe to lift with yes, yes. Uh, lift, yeah yeah lift yeah. meaning like lift weights yeah and i asked mark laslett um yeah mark said, laslett i think yeah. so yeah and his answer was um, basically, yeah, just get back to it, um, deadlift, squat, uh, you know, as long as pain allows. Um, but he also said that he doesn't encourage the really flexed spine lifting. Um, yeah. That's always a point of debate. I don't, I don't think there's any, I don't think science gives us a really clear answer on that yet. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's mostly subjective, and you also shared some one really nice research paper where they compared. Uh, it's like people who undergone back surgery; they were asked to do heavy lifting. Yeah, I read that stuff. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it was like a, it gave me confidence. It's type mm-hmm. of evidence. Oh, there is such thing. Before that, I was like uh, uh, too much form policing myself, and I was. I mean, in, initially, I stumbled upon uh, upon Megil's books. I mean, his books here. Yeah, I just. Uh, yeah. So this is the gift of injury as you're yeah, holding it up there. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's expensive. Okay. I, I went on yeah. Amazon and it was, I can't actually, remember, actually, but it stopped yeah, me buying it. it. I think it's around $50, I think so. I mean, it was almost, in 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 my money, it was almost 5,000, 6,000 6, rupees of mm. Indian money. Mm. Um, actually, this was, this was not available in India. I had requested my friend to give uh, bring me one copy. He was working in US when when he returned to India, he gave he gave it to me. That's that's how I got. Then it's um, uh, Mc Megil's teachings were like he was anti-flexion. Yes. So uh, and he also had this concept called spinal hygiene. And initially, uh, it was really helpful for me for someone. Who, who was, I mean, actually, uh, I, I will just tell you how, how I got this low back. And actually, I, I'm a kabaddi player. Kabaddi is like a kind of contact, uh, con- group contact sport. Uh, yeah, what, what happened for me was I, I had this moment where this opponent throwed me on a ground and I, my back, I mean, shoulder and neck in a very worse way. At the, at, at the end of the sport, it was like something happened, but I, I was managed to win that game. But when I came home, uh, I started to experience a bad pain. It initially started with my neck and I know some something was going on in my shoulders. Mm. When I returned to my next session for my practice session, I didn't feel really, really comfortable doing movements. And when, when I did my pull-up, it was really painful. And when I do, did my all my over at shoulder movements, it was like something is really bad going yeah. on. Then and sorry, to sorry to interrupt, Ash. Yeah. Roughly how long ago was this that you first injured your yeah. your shoulder? Yeah, this I think this was around 2010 and 11. Okay. Before 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, th- this was my first episode of radicular pain. Mm. So then after one week, what what happened is the sharp pain subsided, but I, I started to experience radicular pain down, uh, down my hands, mm. via shoulders and hands. And um, at the time, I really didn't have that much knowledge. I, I was just ignoring it and doing all my steps. Then one day, the pain went really high. That uh, I literally, I literally cl- started to cry. Then I told my mom, "Let's go and see a doctor." Uh, actually, when when I went to this doctor, m- most of the doctors here are like they don't have understanding. They they are like ortho doctors. They they mostly they follow this biomedical school of approach. So what they generally do is they generally give you some general physiotherapy and mm. all these d- drugs like uh, non-steroidal drugs and some, sometimes even uh, high dosage of painkillers where the pain gets subsided. But after one or two weeks, again, the pain gets back. And I got in this loop for I mean three months. Then I found a good physio who had an understanding of this radicular pain. And he told that the pain is not from your uh, shoulder; uh, it's from your neck. And yeah, he, he, I mean, 15 to 20 days, he, he, he did some traction kind of treatment. Yeah, yeah. There were ups and downs, but uh, finally, after two to three months, it got subsided, and uh, I was back to home. Mm. Then I was back to lifting weights and all those things. And this was the time where I was transitioning from my school to college. Mm-hmm. And during when I when I got into college, I, I had this fear of injury, mm-hmm. so I did I didn't take part in my sports just like before. Mm-hmm. Okay, so gradually I started to gain a lot of weight. I mean, initially I, I was 
I mean, I was weighing around 82, 81 kilos. And after four years of college, I was like 102, 103. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. At one point of time, I even went 108. Yeah. It was a maximum I was weighing. And I was completely out of shape. And I was like really lazy. And this was the second time I had my second onset of radicular pain. It's not a radicular pain. One day I was doing something in my house and I had this sudden onset of my back pain. Mm. I really don't know how this happened, when this happened, yeah. but I had this episode. And since then, it's really started to be like uh, lots and lots of series of epi episodic pains. And I had to study for this exam where I had to sit for many moments. And I'll be sitting for an hour. When when pain comes, I will be laying on my uh, laying on the on my couch or bed. I'm really studying reading. And I thought this, this was some general back pain. Again, I went to some doctors, but that that was not that much useful. Again, they had the standard operating procedure where they will give you some painkillers and ask you to do I mean, supermans and all those. Exercise, regular physiotherapy mm. physio, exercise. Yeah. And it didn't help me that much. So, after my final year of college, when I finished college and when I moved to my job, the pain got even more because at that time I really, I, I didn't realize that stress had a, so much role in how we perceive pain. Yeah. Uh, I really don't know the, didn't know some stuff. And, uh, when, when we are in college, it's, it's a, if we, we experience a different kind of stress, but when we, we enter into life, uh, when we go to job, we, are, we are, have these additional, additional stresses. It's like yeah. uh, the, I had, my office was in, I mean, it was a one hour uh, drive from my house. So uh, there was this commuting stress, there were this work pressure and all those deadlines. And it's uh, all this made me to perceive my pain really high. It was uh, somewhere around eight after ten. Mm -hmm. Then uh, what? One day the pain pain got really high that I really, uh, really don't know what to do. Then I started to seek for all these all these alternative treatments. I I tried Ayurveda. Uh, it didn't work out. I tried Siddha. I mean these are some Indian derived treatment plants that is being used especially in India. Mm -hmm. Then I tried some pillars like classes that didn't also work out. I, I was like, I need to get out of the pen. I will do whatever yeah. it takes to get out of the pen. That, that yeah. was my only motto. From 2016 to 2018, I really had my worst days. I um, The pain was really high each and every day. When I come back, my, um, come back to home, I would be literally crying. crying. Mm -hmm. oh, why, why I'm doing this when then I by 2016 I think I, I swapped the job from uh, initially I, I was I was in this engineering side I, I, I was in this one one company I, I really don't want to name the company uh, I was in the engineering division then I really they were like that company were like they were too much profit oriented Mm -hmm. They they were not doing some that much for the community and others. They were like profit, 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 and I yeah. really didn't work, work the, uh, like that work ethic. So yeah. I quitted my job from there. Then I joined in a startup, and it was educational startup. And this 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 was like different things where we really approach people, where we teach young, I mean, small children, mm. especially children who have this fear of science and. A good teacher can change people's, I mean, children's life. That kind of company, and mm -hmm. and I really liked that company. Mm -hmm. I I really started to like my job. Then one day I I decided. I mean, I remember my niece uh, calling me like Gundu. Gundu means it's a Tamil word. Gundu means a fat. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, yeah. One day I, I I was going to going to my job. Uh, walking, I mean, I got I got from got downstairs and I was going to my work, and my niece was coming opposite to me, yeah. and she was like mocking me like, "Hey, Gundu, Engapore, what means a fat where you are going?" Uh, then that 
that day um, it, it, it was a little bit hurting. Then that day I decided I should start to be more active. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a turning point. So I came that day. I just saw myself in the mirror. Oh, Ash, you have become very fat. You had uh, time to do something serious about it. I was mm. also still experiencing pain. Mm. Then what I started to do is I started to let me start with some body weight exercise. Yeah. So I started yeah. to initially I started to walk some. I mean, I started to increase my walking time by cumulatively I think one to two hours daily, followed by some fifty pull-ups, fifty push-ups, and fifty. Bulgarian split score mm-hmm. because uh, I did I got those exercises from McGill's book because they were considered like the safest exercise you can do and they don't affect your spine. Yeah. Then I started to do this stuff. In- initially, uh, I was overweight. I was unable to do pull-ups. So uh, it's like uh, it's not like I will do 50 reps in one session. It's like uh, from morning to night, yeah, my cumulative reps will be fifty. When whenever I find a chance, I will do some five to six pull-ups, five to six pull-ups, five mm-hmm. to six pull-ups. That's how I, I was building my work capacity. And I also uh, I went uh, went uh, down calorie deficit, and I started to lose weight. I was from like from one not five to one not two, one not one, one not one, and I was back to some ninety-two kilos in six to eight months i remember then i started to gradually do some light weighted movements like lunges i mean weighted lunges and front squats i was like parallel and uh, i was very palm policing myself mm-hmm. then yeah uh, i mean by 2019 I was back to shape. I was um, almost back to some 82 kilos. I, I was looking lean. But uh, the one thing that uh, was like, I was, even though I was active and even though I was lean, there was this uh, one thing which was running back in my mind, the fear of pain. Mm. When 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 I'm going to have my next platter, what, what will I do if I do this movement wrong? What will I do if I bend and touch this thing what will i do mm-hmm. what what can I, it's like uh, i was like hyper vigilant uh, mm-hmm. th- just like the dr austin baraki coach i was very hyper vigilant in my movements uh, it's like what i uh, what i was doing is i will be having my perfect uh, bed setup i will be having my perfect chair setup i will be having my perfect riding setup yeah. and all those things like just like how Michael recommends yeah. that was thing. But one day I was like, why am I doing this? I'm, just, I'm, I'm not living my life. I'm just living like a robot. <laughs> or yeah, what's the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I started to dig uh, deep more, uh, more and I, I really started to lift weights more. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to lift, uh, lift weights. So I invested in some barbell. And a couple, uh, some couple of weights. And uh, initially, when I told I'm going to, uh, when I told my mom I'm going to squat, deadlift, and bench press, she was like, she's scared. Uh, why are you doing this? Yeah. Doing those, doing these movements will again bring bring back to Spain. She mm-hmm. she she was not having that much idea. I I said to myself, no matter what, I'm going to do this. Uh, I'm going to fight through this pain. That that was my approach. Then I started to lift weights, and uh, I, I was when I mean, my strength levels were progressing. And in between, I think uh, my stress levels got very high, and I was having some worse uh, episodic sessions of work stress. Work stress was very high, and I started to have these flare-ups. And th- this is this was the time I had the onset of sciatica. Mm. Uh, before it was like kind of back pain, but this this time this was like it's it, it was not back pain. It was like a feeling of what, needles and what do you mean? it's like a thunderbolts in my leg. Yeah, that's how uh, 
especially when i transition from sitting to standing movements mm-hmm. it will be really painful and i i i really want to do avoid those movement and uh, that, that's how i come I mean, it, it was um, around 2019 end here mm-hmm. and uh, i i i had this thing and it lasted for somewhere around one month then it slowly started to subside away mm-hmm. and uh, after this episode uh, of sciatica i really i was skeptical should i lift should yeah. i squat or deadlift and i i was really i, I really don't, didn't know what i what i should be doing so uh, again i regressed and i started to do these spine friendly movements like zercher squats trap bar deadlifts and pull ups and all those things and i was progressing a little bit and i again i i, I had an another episode uh, of sciatica which lasted i think two weeks and it it got subsided mm. then 2020 came covid happened then but this there, there was like this paradigm shift where the entire world was seeing this work from home culture and uh, i i was in my a work from home yeah okay. i was in my own and all my contacts just changed it's like i was not i mean i was not spending time with my friends and i was and staying in my house was really stress, stressing me a lot yeah yeah um, it's like i have noticed this i mean i i have documented this whenever uh, whenever i uh, i spend some quality time with friends and share my all my emotions with them uh, my pain levels go down mm. but whenever uh, i was like not meeting them or not sharing anything with them and keeping everything within myself mm. my pain levels go very high. i i, right. I literally ex- literally yeah, experience yeah. this yeah yeah actually, uh, actually i remember Uh, I said you right. 2016 to 2018 was the worst uh, pain session of my life. Yeah, mm. uh, I rem- uh, if I carefully analyze, it was a time where I didn't have much contacts with my friends, and I also didn't. I was like, uh, I'm an introvert, but uh, it was like uh, I was. Uh, isolating myself from others I, i really don't know why i did those thing mm-hmm. either due to pain or of this vice versa i really don't know mm-hmm. but there was some behavioral change in me i was isolating myself i i didn't i mean i was not meeting my friends i didn't share anything with my friends i mean i was keeping all my emotions within myself and i i uh, it was like the worst painful year as well as the worst year of my life Mm-hmm. so uh, all these things were going but in 2020 then i stumbled up across your so this this is the this is the, this was the time my sciatic uh, my knowledge on sciatic sciatic was like that there there is a sciatic nerve and there is this disc and mm-hmm. uh, when the nucleus of the disc comes i mean nucleus right if if i am right yeah 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 nucleus of the uh, uh, this comes out and it compresses with this sciatic nerve you will be having the pain all around the sciatica that that yeah. was my only that was my only knowledge on sciatica then i started to uh, read all this pain science this was the time uh, this was the time i got exposed to the stuff of pain science uh, mm. i think uh that austin baraki's lecture yeah very important in lecture where uh, where he talks i mean where he shows these all those journals from lancet and he, he he speaks about how back pain works and and where he told the story of like of an old woman shivarsh the doctor told you should not do these things because you have a degenerative this can that lady was like uh 30 years she was like not doing anything and not having any meaningful uh, things in my life that yeah. that lecture was really life changing for me right. then yeah. i started to read more about all this pain and stuff and i stumbled about this across this book called explain pain by lori mcmosley and david butler 
and uh, there was this I, re I remember where the statement like people experience phantom limb pain even though they don't have those limbs and all those things that they will be experience pain which is not even there and i also read about this homunculus man i think so yeah homunculus yeah right yeah and where, where the our body has a map of map of ourselves in our brain and uh, depending upon where we are getting injured the pain levels may vary and i also read the pain itself is a complete perception and it's a separate experience and pain doesn't mean harm mm. and i was mind boggled after reading this yeah statement uh, Me too. Before, yeah, because, yeah uh, before i was like uh, what uh, all these uh, i mean I, I was from medical school and all this uh, old physio where they stay state like spine your spine is not that much resilient you have only this much amount of cycles and um, i was i mean initially it was like a cognitive dissonance experience for me mm. then i started to gradually lean in more and more and started to learn more and more about pain science then i decided i should start to lift weight backs yeah then I started to see, uh, I started to read all the lectures by Barber Medicine Group and all those lectures by Larry Mosley and another good book I read, uh, read was by Greg Ledman's Recovery Strategies. Yeah. Where he lays down some step by step to, it's like uh, actionable thing that you can do when you experience pain. Yeah, yeah, really good. And I started to do all those things and I I, I can literally see my um, my pain levels are going down. Mm. And I also noted that uh, I didn't have that much quality sleep. Mm. Uh, and I also read how these stress levels can affect our mood and our mood can affect our sleep. Then I started to, what you can say, it's not kind of meditating, but it's like I started to be more mindful. Mm -hmm. I started to avoid all these negative conversations and I started to de-stress myself. So I, I literally started to see like a drastic change when, when, when I did that thing because I was not overthinking and that overthinking was not stressing me. Yeah. And I also read about this attentional focus. I, I, I personally experienced even when there was a flare up, uh, say example, uh, uh, when when I'm in a work and uh, I'm doing certain things, and when there's a flare up, if I didn't mind, I mean, if 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 I didn't uh, pay my attention to the pain, mm. the pain just subsided. Yeah. Yeah, I, I literally noticed these things, but uh, the pain will start to last longer if I started to pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was some. I mean, I have noted during this experience. And uh, yeah, I was back to lifting. I was, uh, I mean, I remember first time, uh, first time I did one twenty kilo deadlift, and it was like, wow, my spine is not uh, yeah. <laughs> that much fragile. Yeah, yeah. And then I started to read more and more about pain. I mean, the Lancet articles and all those things. And uh, then I realized that we are not machines. And I started mm. to see the difference between biomedical model and biopsychosocial model. Yeah. Where yeah. this biomedical model came and how this, I mean, how the perception of seeing your body as a machine yeah. has a lot of negative impacts in how you perceive pain and how the perception of seeing your body like a neurobiological being that can adapt to stresses mm. has a lot of different effects. Mm -hmm. And there were there were like these evidences like how certain athletes were able to recover even from a worse injury to back to lifting. All those things were was were really motivating for me. Mm -hmm. Then uh, I really wanted to take lifting lifting seriously. Uh, then I started to. This was the time I was reading about periodization and programming. All those things. So, uh, I mean, starting strength and practical programming and Eric Holmes 
muscle and strength pyramids, all these books. And and I was like, uh, back to, yes. I'm, I'm holding up my copy of Starting Strength now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I was starting to train, uh, I mean, take my training seriously. Then again, I had some flare up. Uh, and I was like, okay, I'm having these uh, pieces of puzzle, but I really don't have an understanding of whole picture. Let me get uh, the guidance of an expert to guide me through this process. That's uh, that's how I, how I contacted Bubble Medicine team, and they allotted Dr. Charlie Dixon and as my coach, rehab coach. Charlie Dixon. Yeah. Uh, he is 83 kilo power lifter and he, he holds a world record in, I mean, 83 kilo junior total. And he himself has a back pain and he has undergone that process multiple times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, yeah, we had some Skype call and Barry told me to do some basic stuff. Like, he was like, don't worry, you'll be getting, get, getting out of this with time. And he just... Uh, it was like uh, it, it gave me a program. I mean, initially I I thought I will be needing some three months of rehab program, but uh, I got recovery. Uh, I mean, my pain, pain levels went from eight out of ten to one or two out of ten within one month. Mm-hmm. Initially, there there was some flares because he, he recommended to to do some certain movements which I I, I have not done before, like fast deadlifts and. Uh, Fast squats. It, it it was kind of a new kind of stress for me. Mm-hmm. Then my body started to adapt, and uh, basically all my pain levels gone down. And uh, we had, uh, uh, we, I mean, I was like, my pain levels have gone down, and I was much confident. Mm-hmm. Char- uh, it's like Charlie installed me a thinking framework for me. So even if there is a flare up. He gave me what should be done mm-hmm. and don't worry too much about these things. Yeah, I think that was some um, this 2021 January, I think. So, I mean, yeah. this, this this is the I mean, 2021 is the year where I was like, I started my year pain free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah. Every every new year, I will be having some nagging pain or something, yeah, yeah. and it will be like a really worse experience when you like. It's not a pleasant experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When when I remember, uh, when past five years, when if I remember, uh, most of my memories will be like pain, 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 pain episodes of pain, episodes of pain, and 2021 was like. Almost pain free. I, I started my. I, I was really surprised. Is this a reality or am I dreaming? <laughs> I'm, I'm, my new wrist being started with, without any pain. Okay. Then I bought Greg Knuckles st- Stronger by Science program mm-hmm. because this, this was the time I was stumbling. Across, I mean, I was reading about how to program for myself. And uh, one thing I really noticed was in uh, my flare-ups only occur if i am more fatigued or more mm-hmm. stressed mm-hmm. okay uh, if if i am really stressed either i will split that workout into two sessions or i don't work out yeah it's like uh, also i will be trying to uh, it's like it's not like that uh, I have to, uh, for the rest periods, I think five to 10 minutes seems to work very, really well for me. And maintaining those rest periods doesn't cause any flare ups. I mean, mm. I documented, I, mean, I have personally documented this last four months of data where like I didn't have any flare up. If I had really good rest periods, really good sleep, I mean, uh, when I'm stress free, and I, I don't rush my workouts. Yeah, these things are really changed, really changed my pain experience mm-hmm. and also there were no flare-ups. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. just a uh, small tweaking. Then I think by May or June, yeah, May, I started to 
hit some decent numbers. I hit my 160 kilo deadlift by May, end of May, and I was really surprised. I, I didn't have any flare-ups. And uh, on the one side, I was having this little bit of self-doubt, like what if a flare-up occurs? What if something happens when I'm deadlifting or squat? Mm -hmm. But nothing happened. Then I started to slowly push myself. Then 162, 162, 165, yeah, yeah. and uh, I I maintain all my I made sure that all, all my RPs are below eight, not above nine or ten. You referring? You, you uh, RPs rate of per seat exercise. Oh, sorry. Yep. RP. Okay. I use I, I use RP and uh, to to say frankly, R, RP has literally change my perception on training. Before I was like training to failure, I would be pushing myself. Yeah. I would be not, I would be not uh, like paying attention to my fatigue levels uh, and I would be rushing my workouts. But mm -hmm. after I started to learn about this RPE and uh, it's, like, it's, a, it's a kind of auto-regulation plus listening to your body. Yeah. And I start, when I started to do this, this I almost got pain free, and uh, I also have this weird. Uh, it's like a what you can say a ritual. Uh, whenever when 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 I have some flare-ups, I will be doing these high kicks. Yes, <laughs> the high kicks. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I really don't <laughs> know what's happening there. Yeah, but uh, it. Actually, uh, how, I, uh, how I found this was, I was having, I mean, last December, I was having some really worse uh, day and my pain levels were very, really high. And I really didn't know what I can do. I was doing all these stretches and all those stuff and everything was painful. Then high kick was the only moment which, uh, I mean, only difficult moment which didn't cause me any pain. Yeah. I was surprised why it, it didn't cause me any pain, but I was like happy. I was yeah. able to do this movement without pain freeness. Yeah. Then uh, I, I had an, another uh, some flare up and I did this 10 to 15 high kicks and my pain levels went down. I really didn't know why this happened or uh, I really don't understand what's, what's yeah. the underlying mechanism behind this or this is a, just a uh, am I placeboing myself or what? I, I really, I really don't know. Yeah. But uh, it's like uh, whenever I, I have some flare-ups, I do this ten to fifteen yeah. high kicks, and I I do my shadow boxing, and um, early morning I will be like pain-free. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. when you're talking about the high kicks, help your pain? Is that back pain or leg pain or or both? It's everything. Everything. Yeah. 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 It's not like that actually. Uh, I had a concentrated back pain before 2016, but after 2016, it, it was like a, I, I mean, I read, I, I read in a book, referred pain and radicular pain. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like I, I'll be having this one line of pain from my entire lower back to my, what you can say, small so, toe. Little toe, pinky toe. Yeah, little, little uh, pinky toe. Mm. Uh, pinky toe, I will be having. I mean, there will be like some discomfort in my shins. Yeah, I, I will be feeling like my shin has been splitted into left and right. Mm. Sometimes I will be experiencing some needles and tingling sensation on the left side of my shin. Sometimes it will be going in the right side of my shin. Yeah, but whenever I do this high kicks, I will be like, I, I really don't know yeah. why this works, but it works. I mean, I'm. I should say, I'm lucky. Um, I should. I. I mean, I was doing some random stuff, and I found this, and it it works from for me, and uh, all com combined all with this all these pain sense pain science protocols and all those things, I was able to get back to track. And recently, I had a 160 kilo squat and 190 kilo deadlift. And nice. Yeah, I think I also push press some 95 kilos. I mean, almost 95. Push press and war press yeah, 95 yeah. kilos. Uh, bench press and 110 kilos. I, yeah, almost everything was painful. Yeah. I really don't know. 
actually I have, I have to thank this entire community of people who is talking about this pain sense if, if, if I have not stumbled across these kinds of articles and literatures in the internet I really don't know where my trajectory of life will be going mm. if when I think of think about my life you're saying past 10 years it's like pain 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 Mm. and there were some moments of good memories but pain 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 that was the only thing that was in my mind and uh, in india there is not that much people who really uh, do awareness about these it's like they force you with this biomedical model for every kind of things mm. especially too much no keep no see going the person yeah it's like if you have back pain you should you should not delay if you have squat if you have knee pain you should not squat yeah and uh, it's like the biopsychosocial model the social aspect is really really <laughs> no see going yeah. the place where i where i where i live here yeah. also i did this I did an internship in uh, in a really good gym in Chennai called Strength System. Okay. Where they where they advocate pain science approach to their clients. Oh right. Yeah, uh, just uh, it's it's Strength System. Uh, it's like uh, I mean the uh, the owner of the gym gym is Prashanti and she 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 is like. Uh, she went from here to us and and she learned all this concept and came back to chennai and she established it gym yeah 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 i think that is the only place where i am seeing some pain science approach to all these things other than that or uh, most people here are like no you should not lift weights mm-hmm. that's 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 the conventional approach yeah. that is being done here yeah. but i'm i'm really happy i, I managed to uh last august it really that that gate podcast it was gate podcast as well as baraki's lecture this that was literally life changing for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's incredible yeah and i think as well like what i get from your story is um as well as the people you mentioned being uh you know austin baraki uh greg layman um i'm going to miss people out maybe stuart mcgill um barbell medicine guys uh and obviously lauren mosley and dave butler and you mentioned off mic as well kate charlton who you really found her yeah. um podcast really useful as well as their skill and generosity in in sharing their knowledge and experiences i think what i, I notice is that you uh seem like a very uh curious person and and uh very interested in things and that you like to explore these things and be very yes, open minded uh, yeah yes, mm-hmm. uh, i mean yeah that's a trait for trait i really like to explore new things and mm-hmm. this that word pain sense itself was like uh, it hooked me mm-hmm. yeah that that was a really yeah yeah that that's how i started to stumble upon this thing and maybe uh, i really don't know but if in in future if i have if i am having some idea to do my uh, masters or do my phd's i think i'll be doing something related to this yeah in the yeah. context of pain and lifting yeah. yeah yeah i mean there's also a, a lot of um self like maybe exper- experiments is the wrong word but you you mentioned a few times that you make notes on how your pain responds or how you feel yes. and you're very okay, reflective I will show you yeah I'll show you yeah this oh, okay yeah so this is your notebook and it's yeah. full of ah, okay actually I, 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 I literally yeah i literally yeah. started to like i mean i have this note for it, it's like a I, I pinned down my thoughts in this uh, and I pinned down this my I mean I log my food habits into this mm-hmm. okay I mean yeah. I think it, it it has some last two years of data in this and, and this is my workout log okay yeah yeah 
yeah. that's not just numbers that's notes on how you feel and yeah, stuff yeah 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 uh, i will just show you uh look how i have written there were some flare up but on the whole the day was pain free yeah there's a smiley face <laughs> yeah yeah it was like that all those small winnings and i also mm, yeah look how i am feeling some sensations down the leg this was uh, yeah. after the session of i think squats so yeah. so what's um tell me about the value of all this note taking and gathering data as you, as you put it is is it just that it helps you to reflect in the moment or are you looking back over your notebooks for patterns yeah i try to action uh, i like to explore second thing i i really want to find what works for myself because mm. i am an individual and i personally believe individualization is the key if you want to go to next next stage of the life mm. it's like instead of uh, following this all these predefined templates what if i can find data about myself mm. that will be really helping in finding my trend how my body reacts mm. how my how my mental state is i mean what is causing me flare up i mean it's like not not, not it's con- some in some context it, it's it's a kind of hypervigilance mm-hmm. but it's like uh, i'll be finding some good patterns that works repeatedly for me yeah yeah that's yeah. that's how i i was able to find that high kicks work for me yeah and de- deadlifting with the pass seems to really work for me that's that's how i was able to find it's well like, as i say uh, it's like an interesting theme to me just as the listener of your whole story is it, it's going from um i i don't i'm not trying to be uh make it sound too bad but you know going from doing what other people tell you you should do um and then very quickly just because you're you seem to be a, a certain kind of curious and you know open-minded person like very quickly finding your own way of doing things um whether that's through self experiment or finding people who know a bit more about what they're talking about and people who speak to you personally um but can i ask you about uh you said early on in the story you mentioned the book uh the gift of pain uh by Stuart Mill and and you were uh, reading a lot of his stuff and that's a very common path for people who are into sports and lifting and they, they get back yeah. pain because McGill is a huge um figure in the back pain world um and particularly yeah. as you know for people who who lift lift and he's quite a controversial figure um because as the listener probably knows some people say that you know his advice is a little bit too strict and rigid and that it can actually is, to use uh, the word you used before give people like a nocebo and some people is, say is, that that's that he you know at the end of the day he's some people find that he's you know he's fantastic uh, and if you go on for example the the reddit forum for sciatica as people there reading Stuart McGill stuff and finding him incredibly useful um, yes, so uh, tell me about your experience a bit more yeah, um, i mean i mean i'm not uh, like i should uh, i'm not equipped well enough to critique mcgill because he no, has such, yeah, a, fair such, such a yeah. big experience under his umbrella Yep. but what i personally felt was like megil's approach was kind of self limiting for me i mean personally i think that the psychology of the lifter or the concerned person plays a huge role in determining what type of rehab program they are going to take okay for me i'm like a, my style of learning or my style of approach it's like i don't want to limit myself in a box i i need a framework to work in and uh, i will be i will be finding my own way initially when i was doing mcgill stuff it uh very recommended the mcgill big 3 to to be done every day so i will be doing this i mean i i was doing my interval walking mm-hmm. so where i will be walking 10 to 15 minutes after heavy lunch and 
I will make sure that I will be walking accumulating of one, one to one and a half hours daily. That was really, really helpful. And the second thing, which was kind of, it didn't suit my lifestyle was like doing this Megil big three mm. every, every morning. Uh, initially, I was doing five times and four times a day. Uh, when I get up from my bed and I will be doing, I mean, I will be finishing my all those works. And before go, uh, going going on to my, I mean, before my commuting, I, I will do one, I mean, one to two uh, sets of Megil big three. Mm-hmm. And I add a half, I mean, in my office, uh, I had this flexibility where I, I can, I was able to do Megil big three yeah. in my work workspace and all those things. Then, I mean, before lunch, I will be doing and uh, before sleep, I will be doing. But... Uh, yeah, it it, it was it, it was really working for me. But one thing was like, what if I didn't do this? I I was following a hardcore rigid pattern, mm-hmm. and uh, I will be having days where I will not be able to do this. I will mm-hmm. be having situation where I will be not able to do this. So that that started to question. Oh, then. What if I am not able to do this? And what if I uh, uh, what if I have a bad day? Mm, that mm. was the question that 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 came approach to my to my mind. Then I think uh, actually actually uh, during that time during the time I think Lane Norton. Yeah, yep. he, where, where he also had a back injury and Miguel, yeah, where he also I mean, he, he posted a video like he will be doing some Miguel stuff and doing some light trap or deadlifts and all those things. And Miguel only told him to do the squats and deadlifts only after two years. Uh, uh, I, I was like, okay, I'm just reading Miguel's book and I am doing this, but I was having the self-doubt. Is there like any other approach which I can follow? Mm-hmm. Because I was, to, I mean, I, I, I'm a, I, I really want to explore. I really want to self-experiment. And Michael's approach was like putting me in, inside a sandbox or something like that. Mm-hmm. Where I was not a, able to explore other forms of school. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this, was, this, this was the same time... Um, I was watching this Austin Baraki lecture and uh, Austin is um, is like their their school of thought was completely varied from McGill. Mm. Uh, it's like McGill is a, a pro anti flexion person and these guys like do whatever can you, you you can do you you can do and your body will find a way to adapt to it as long as the load is being managed properly, you can yeah. get out of injury. This was the core theme of barbell medicine. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, the reason why I was not able to stick to uh, Michael's approach was too much rigidness that didn't suit my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I, I was able to do it, do it for some six months, but after six to eight months, it didn't make sense in the longer run. Mm-hmm. That, that, yeah. That's why I, I stayed from the McGill way and started yeah. to explore other options. Yeah. And I also had some flare-ups. Uh, it's like, uh, I'll be, I will be doing McGill Big 3. I will be, I mean, I commute via, via public bus. When when the bus is very rushed and some, someone bumps on me, I and sometimes I will, I will be having some little flare-ups. And that I started to question myself why, why I'm, I'm doing this for uh, cumulative of one hour daily. Now I'm having this flare up. Then, what's the use of doing this? That, that, that was the moment I started to search for yeah, okay, yeah. other things. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but really, I have to say that if, if, if I am not. Uh, add some lifting aspirations. Aspirations, I think I I'll be pretty much be sticking to Michael's approach only. Mm-hmm. But that that uh, what we can say that curiosity. I mean, 
my my goals are different i really i mean i really want to compete in future i really want to feel what it means to hit a 500 pound squat yeah. what it, it feels to like uh, hit a 600 700 pound deadlift because it's it's a different world yeah and uh, and it's like uh, for me as an introvert lifting is really it gives me some sense of meaning mm. something i mean i i'm not a fan of running around this endurance sport my mm. my friends are like they are they will be doing all this 10 kilometers jog and all those things but i am not a fan of i i i will be bored of doing cardios yeah. but when it comes to lifting weights that to uh, heavy wonder of maxes uh, it's like it really excites me as well as i really want to know what is the how my body reacts to these stuff. yeah and actually I, i like this term anti fragile by i mean yeah. nazim nikola stalab Yeah. Yeah, and he said yeah. Yeah. And I in the in the book Nazim has mentioned uh, he had a episode of back pain and he uh, he approached a surgeon and the surgeon uh, told him to operate and remove the I mean I can what is dissectomy right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, he didn't listen to this then he started to lose weights. Yeah. he was i mean by the time the uh, i think he was above 50 and he was able to hit some 350 pounds deadlift and uh, he was pain free i was like whether that statement is is like boasting the term for anti fragility or is it is it true also i have seen uh, i mean i have checked the internet like nazim nazim is also associated with uh, mark repitos and uh, yeah. um market peers and starting strength all those yeah. things and uh, i i uh, i saw mark market peers episode on back pain and that's the i mean yeah, uh, i think starting strength uh, episode number low back pain peak some some episode, uh, mm. one podcast is there and uh, i was quite surprised like uh, where market peto i mean is quite dogmatic and he is also a really big figure i'm, I'm not uh, eligible to critic him but uh, he, he was like bahari recommends squats and deadlifts for back pain and it was like what megil is saying uh, you, sh- you should be doing only big megil 3 and mark epito is like you should be doing only squats and deadlifts so. yeah and uh, it was like it was a opening door for me like oh a barbell is also a tool and that tool can also be used for rehab it, it was uh, some i mean my my perspective got shifted like that thing then uh, i think the barbell medicine guys i mean especially ashin baraki were very uh, i mean initially they were associated with starting strength right right But, yeah. yeah i think that remember that you are not a special snowflake <laughs> podcast yeah yeah where uh, austin and mark repeat uh, mark discusses about all this back pain stuff and but there was this nice article where like x and pain by austin barakin started yeah. instance forum that's a great article yeah 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 where very very debunks like uh, how each and every individual with their uh, biases and uh, I mean, what you can say, lens of their perception. Yeah. <laughs> identify, identify your back pain. If you yeah, go to yeah. ortho, what he'd be doing. If you go to uh, physio, what he'd be doing. If you go to chiropractor, what he'd be doing. Yeah. It was yeah. Re- a re- a really, I mean, initially I was quite skeptical. Mm-hmm. Then I started to do more, more research and I was like, oh, so there is, i mean before i was like a too much rigid person it's like when when i was following this medical school this 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 means this mm. and uh, in, initially yeah. i was a form police but when i started to read more and more about how the human body works and pain works yeah yeah this this i mean i mean i think i'm biased but this bias is working in my favor uh, it's like our bodies are not fragile we are anti fragile beings mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we must allow i mean 
if if we are able to measure and manage our stress properly progress is possible yeah yeah uh, i think that's a a, a great a uh, place to finish the podcast ash and unless there's anything anything in particular that you think you know you've not mentioned or anything you want to emphasize or do you feel like we've covered everything okay yeah i was i i, I almost said my story but uh, the one thing i really wanted to tell it to people who are uh, I mean, suffering from back pain or sciatica there is some hope Uh, education is the key to getting out of the pain to start to educate yourself also self efficacy is the key when you start when you start to have some build some confidence on you and your body, body you can pretty much get out of pain and don't be afraid of flare ups it's like peaks and valleys as long as the trend is going up you are good to go that's the thing i want to mention sounds good to me yes sir yeah self education is the key and uh, if you i mean if you have some lifting aspirations learn about rpe yeah. that can be life changing yeah. yeah amazing